Listen, listen, listen. I don't know who made this rule book of shoulds and shouldn'ts when it comes to self-development, but it's not supposed to be this freaking complicated, I don't think. Okay? There's no one-size-fits-all to feeling good again, and that's why I created this podcast, The Uncomplicated Podcast, where we get real about real life and where self-development meets less complication. We're not trying to fit some perfect wellness aesthetic because this is human life and it's messy, baby. But no matter what your life looks like or who you are or where you're at, I know that it is your right to feel good again. I'm your host, Caitlin Burns, and I think it's time to uncomplicate it. Let's go. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Uncomplicate It podcast. It's me, Caitlin. Welcome back. I'm so happy to have you here, as always. If you're new, welcome. The whole goal up in this business is to, <laughs> is to uncomplicate all of these seemingly complicated wellness and spiritual and self-development world things and make them uncomplicated because they don't have to be so complicated And when it's literally us, when it's literally our connection to ourselves, like there's no way it's this hard, you know? So that's that's kind of the whole move here. And if you're returning, welcome back. Thank you for being back. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your endless support. Thank you for your energy. I am so happy to have you here and I love you. So we're talking intuition today. Intuition is something that seems so like on a pedestal right it seems like such like this coveted thing of like trust your gut listen to your intuition what is your heart saying you know like this is all really really awesome advice and it's advice that I give like I'll ask people like well what does your intuition say and often they'll be like I literally don't know I don't know how to listen to that I don't know how to hear that and I feel the same way sometimes another huge thing is like is it my intuition or is it my anxiety? Because y'all, I feel you on the anxiety struggle bus. And it can be really tough sometimes to be able to decipher what is an intuitive thought, what is an intuitive knowing, what's an intuitive hit, download, idea, um, knowing versus what is an anxious fear, what is an anxious, um, yeah, fear. Because anxiety is often fear and worry and that's all it really is. But it can be so exhausting so encapsulating it can really make us believe that that it is true fear something my old therapist always used to say and it's just a saying in general I think um the acronym for fear is that it's false evidence appearing real and I really like that and it's like how do we how do we decipher between this false evidence appearing real and our intuition so that's what we're going to talk about today and uh There's so many reasons why our intuitive voice might be quieted. So many reasons why we might have trouble hearing it or trusting it or why we believe that we don't maybe even have one or that we might think that our connection to our intuition is just like irreparable. And this can be greatly due to trauma, to past relationships where we were told we were crazy and we were gaslit into thinking we were like psycho for 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 thinking something for feeling something like you know I've been I've I've been there where it's like you just know you just know something and you bring it up and 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 then you're made to feel like you're crazy for it or you're made to feel guilty like you're accusing the other person of something come to find out in the end that it was true all along 
Raise your hand if you've been there with me. Yes, ding, ding, ding. It's not fun. Can also be due to if we had, you know, uh, people around us as we were growing up who consistently invalidated our feelings. If we were picking up on the energy in the room, if we were, you know, feeling that something was true, something was present, something was there, that something was wrong. And then we would ask and we would be told nothing's wrong. Like you're, you're just, you're, I don't know what you're sensing, but it's totally off. But it turns out we were picking up on, on something, but we were just consistently told that we weren't. That can also weaken our connection to our intuition. All of these things can make us start to believe that we might be crazy for lack of a better word. And that's our intuition getting silenced by either other people or ourselves. And we can often silence our own intuition too if we have a history of not showing up for ourselves and self-sabotaging out of, you know, limiting beliefs, fears, past experiences, whatever it may be. The less we listen to our intuition, the less we hear it versus, and we're going to get into this, the more we choose to listen to our intuition and follow it, despite the fact that it might be scary or feel risky to listen to it, the stronger our intuition gets because it's just like a practice. It's just like a muscle. Um, but we're going to get into that. So um, yeah, another thing I have written down here is that if we've made a big mistake in the past um, and we kind of latch on to that, and we think, oh, well, I thought I was listening to my intuition, but I actually like messed it all up. And, and that's why I can't trust my intuition. I can't trust myself. You know, that's something I hear a lot. And that's something I used to say about myself a lot. I just I can't be trusted. I can't trust myself. And it can really, really feel so true. And I just want to validate all of that before moving forward with this episode, that these stories and these past experiences, these beliefs, and these traumas live within our bodies and our minds. And when they're a story that we have been, like a script that we've been living by for years and years and years, it feels really real. And it is real. It is real because it is what we are experiencing. And so I just want to validate that for you. You are not you're not crazy for not listening to intuition. <laughs> you're not any of these things. There's nothing inherently wrong with you. And it's not something that's irreparable your relationship to your intuition is not gone forever if you feel like you can't hear it you're not never going to be able to hear it again and I just really want to give you that comfort and give you that message and really let that sink in and if there's anything you take away from this episode whether you implement the five the five things or not I just want you to mainly take away this it was the only thing I could say to you that your connection to your intuition is not gone. It's not lost. Something that is within you can never be taken from you, no matter who did what, no matter who said what, no matter what you know you did to yourself in the past. Nobody can take away this part of you because it's within you. It's not outside of you. Okay, so now that we've gotten into that, let's get into it. So out of all those things, something I also want to call your attention to right now is that all of these are things that happened in the past. And while they feel very real right now, and I did validate that earlier, I just want to remind you that you do have the power to rewrite a new story. And through practice, through 
an unwavering faith that feels scary to faith, like a, a trust that feels scary to trust. This is where we start to change our story. This is where we start to connect more deeply to our intuition and it's not impossible. Okay. So let's just get into these five ways, shall we? Five ways to deepen your connection to your intuition. Number one, take it off the pedestal. Take intuition and the concept of intuition off of the pedestal. I think we see our intuition as this big, magical, mystical thing, and it's portrayed as that a lot online. And we might even think that only, you know, people who are born with psychic gifts have an intuition, or, you know, only very spiritual people have an intuition, or some people are just born with it and some aren't. You know, while it is true that it does seem that way because of, you know, like I said earlier, somebody's upbringing, somebody who wasn't questioned all the time, or somebody who hasn't really experienced those gaslighty type of relationships might just inherently have a stronger connection to their intuition because it hasn't been diminished. But everybody has an intuition. Everybody has the ability to tap into it. And that is simply true because we are all human beings. We are all energy. We are all yes. And and so to say like, oh, it's not this big magical mystical thing, like it kind of is, sure in saying that because it, it does seem magical and mystical and woe and woo woo but really it's just it's just truth it's just fact and we're actually going to get into a harvard medical um study later on in the episode stick around for that to kind of hear the more sciencey explanation because for all of my spiritual people i know i also have a lot of i want the facts people and i am both of those things in one so that's why there's always going to be you know a nice hand of both of that in my episodes um on concepts but anyway we're taking it off the pedestal because it's simply human nature and when we reframe our view of it the force that we have around it starts to shift you know when you're like forcing something and so it's just so much harder to do like it's almost like like think of it as almost procrastination like when you just build up putting your laundry away in your head into being like this wicked you know big deal and we're like oh I have to put my laundry away oh man when am I ever gonna do it and then the pile just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger but like in actuality if you just like we're like oh, whatever and you just put it away it would be, take you like 15-20 minutes maybe not even it's it's incredible the energy that we put onto something and the meaning that we assign to things and the way that it, it creates and shapes our experience of them and our reality. Same thing goes for intuition. When we label it as something that we will never have a connection to, as something that is way outside of us, as something that everybody else can do but not us, as, you know, this story that I've never felt it in the past so there's no way I'm ever going to feel it in the future or I always make mistakes, I always don't trust my intuition, I, I've never been able to, I can't trust myself. All of these stories they are going to, you know, be be true because intuition, they're all at the root of all these stories is intuition being on the pedestal. And when we take it off this pedestal and allow more room for ease, less force, more flow, intuition is just kind of invited in and it needs to be invited in. It's It's the kind of thing that doesn't it's not forceful it's not always loud it, it's gonna get loud your intuition is gonna get louder the more that you start to listen to it but it 
it always is inherently at its core more of a quiet knowing. Anxiety is loud and intuition is quiet. And we, I have a whole point about anxiety versus intuition. So stick around for that too, because I know that's huge for so many of us, including myself. But yeah, taking it off the pedestal, allowing this, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know, but that doesn't have to mean anything. Yeah, maybe I do have trouble listening to my intuition. Okay. You know, like taking off the pedestal in the sense of like, oh, if I never am able to listen to my intuition, then I'm never going to be able to make a right choice. Like all of these spirally thoughts, right? Oh, I'm not a spiritual person if I can't listen to my intuition. That's not true. We're all spiritual beings in my perspective. You know, you might have a different one, but I, I think we are. And and like taking it off of this, this, this is a thing that's outside of me. This is something that's above me. Nothing that's within you is above you. Are you kidding? Nothing that is inherently something you were born with is is something that's on a pedestal over you. No, just your perspective of it might be. And all we need is this perspective shift. So so really, number one is a perspective shift. And that's really the first start to shifting anything is a perspective shift. A helpful reframe is my intuition is just a part of me. It's not something outside of me. It's not some big unattainable thing. So get clear on the story you've been telling about your intuition. Have you been saying things over and over again like I cannot trust myself or I don't have one or I don't know how to hear it or everyone seems to have one but me? Like get clear on the story that you have. And once you get clear on the story, that's going to give you a lot of clarity right there of, oh, maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm not connecting to my intuition. Because when we have this inner knowing of, yeah, it's inevitable, it's something within me, it, it's never gone away. When we see, oh, Maybe it's just the story I've been telling. That removes so much of the weight right there, so much of the mental block, so much of the pressure, so much of the energetic block and the resistance. When it's this reframe of, oh my gosh, maybe it's not not within me. Maybe I just have been telling myself it wasn't. And I know that's like, it's easier said than done to just be like, oh, you know what? I, I do I do have an intuition and then all of a sudden you're just going to hear it like no that's not how it's going to work but that's why it's step one that's why the perspective shift is step one because if we don't reframe our perspective we're we're kind of starting from from a place of disbelief and we've got to get behind this belief of I do have an intuition it is within me because I am a human being if you are somebody who you know believes in energy and believes in the chakras and believes in energy centers and um, us having an electromagnetic field believes in the quantum, then of course you have an intuition because that's all a part of it. It's this inner knowing, it's this energy, this interconnectedness where like we just, ooh, we just get this like little intuitive hip because we just know like that's within you. And I know if you're, if you listen to these kind of podcasts and if you're interested in this kind of thing, then I know you have the ability to believe this. You do have the ability to believe this. Okay, so get clear on that story about your intuition, take it off the pedestal, and that's step one. It's going to give you so much clarity just right there to help you see, oh, maybe it's not something inherently wrong with me. Maybe it's just my past experiences and the stories I've been telling thus far. Okay, number two. Don't hate me, but it's meditation. <laughs> Meditate. Okay, I know this is basic, but that's because it's for real. That's why the basic things work. That's why we're uncomplicating it. We don't always have to find all of these fancy, fancy new ways. That's why the old ways, the traditional ways, the basic ways are the ones that are so grounded and so 
ones that recur throughout history. Meditation, I understand like not being a big meditator. I totally get this, the, the I can't sit still or have a short attention span or, you know, I'm afraid to sit alone with my thoughts. I totally, totally get that. And everybody starts somewhere. And I just like want to validate that. And I also want to give you a loving push on the other hand to challenge that story. Because if we don't challenge the story, we are not going to progress and I, you know, had the same story for a long time. And it was true for me for a long time that I was really afraid to sit with myself alone. And, and I couldn't. And I literally couldn't. And that was true for me. And I had to go to therapy and I had to really, you know, heal those parts first um, to literally not be like afraid of alone time with myself. If you hear me, you hear me. If you feel me, you feel me. Um, and I feel like a lot of us probably do. So again, I, I never want to invalidate any of that. But once you feel like you are at a place where it's safe for you to do so, do so. The push, the push, the discomfort, it comes from discomfort, getting to the next step, getting to the next level. It just does. And that's my loving push for you right now around meditation. So now that we've been through that, meditation is a built skill that happens over time. It's a muscle that's strengthened over time. And the silence and the intuitive hits that happen within sitting with yourself are absolutely unmatched, absolutely unmatched. And the goal of meditation is and as we probably have heard before, hopefully, it's not to quiet your thoughts. It's not to silence your brain. It's not to go completely blank. Literally, nobody can do that. And that makes it seem so unattainable and complicated when in actuality, meditation is just sitting with our thoughts. It's just noticing what comes up and then letting it pass by. I love this analogy that, you know, our thoughts are sort of like clouds in the sky, so sitting there with, with our eyes closed, meditating and just visualizing as these thoughts come in, they're like clouds. And then what do, what do clouds do? They move and they pass. So instead of reaching up and grabbing the cloud and aka like grabbing onto the thought and then spiraling a story through the thought and saying, okay, this thought came in, that must mean this. You know, this thought process, this is the thought process I'm explaining. This thought came in, that must mean X, Y, and Z. And if X, Y, and Z is true, then that mean, that must mean this about me. And if that means this about me, then that must mean that this person thinks this about me. And if they think this about me, then they probably told this other person. You know, those thought spirals, that is what we want to meditate. Sorry, that is what we want to notice within meditation. That is not a bad thing. When that stuff comes up within meditation, that's exciting. That's a good thing. That's a good thing because we're noticing it. And that's what we want to notice because if we don't sit and notice it, then we can't interrupt those thoughts. And those thoughts are going to be on repeat throughout the day. And they're going to silence our intuition because all that's going to be running is our programs and our anxieties and these false beliefs and these old limiting stories and these things that are not true yet become true for us because we are manifesting our, our reality through them. And yeah, so that's why the goal of meditation is just to notice the thought and then notice the tendency to want to grab onto it and spiral off of it and make it into a whole novel when it could have just been a sentence. And then as we progress in, in our med our meditation practice, it's it's letting the thought just be the thought. And then one day you're going to realize, oh, it came and went. The thought popped in and, and then and then it shifted to a different thought. Whoa. Or you might have a realization about that thought. 
perhaps that's intuition, right? Oh, I love that. So when we meditate, we can start to decipher the difference between our spiral overthinking versus intuition and those quiet little intuitive hits and ideas that start to come up. Because also with a meditation, we might get like little like, ooh, what an interesting, what an interesting thought. Oh, what if I, maybe it's a thought like, oh, what if I, um, what if, what if I write a song tonight? Or, oh, what if I reach out to this person? Like a, a random person just pops into your head. That could be intuition. Pausing our usual listening for a little interruption, if you will. It's still me though. It's Caitlin. Hi. If you have ever wanted to work with me, now is a powerful freaking time because I just launched one of my most expensive expansive coaching programs yet. It is a 90-day one-on-one and group hybrid program called FGA Academy. FGA stands for Feel Good Again. If you listen to this podcast on the regular, you know that at the end of every episode, I say, and remember that it is your right to feel good again. And that is because it simply is, okay? And we're gonna uncover your natural, authentic blueprint to getting there. This is not a one-size-fits-all wellness program. This program is for the big dreamer with big goals who is ready to feel good again so that they can become the absolute most magnetic version of themselves. You become absolutely magnetic to the life that you've been craving. Where you're at when you're coming into this program, you're ready to stop doubting yourself. You're ready to break through imposter syndrome, quit the people pleasing, and figure out what the frick wellness actually means to you. It's not this Instagram wellness aesthetic that seems so unattainable, but it's really genuinely what it means to you and how it fits into your busy schedule. You have a deep sense of self-awareness. I know it. And I know you're ready to take it to the next level. You're ready to move different, to see different. And you know you have so much light to bring into this world. You're tired of feeling stuck. You're ready to feel good again. I got you. Having a coach to guide you for 90 days one-on-one and reflect back to you the power that already exists within and having a community, group workshops, and a whole Facebook group of other people in a similar boat to you to rely on, to make friends with, to move with, share revelations with, music, whatever. It is going to be expansive as heck. And the best part is that each workshop is going to be recorded and you will have access to that for a lifetime. What we can create together in community and one-on-one, the magnetic momentum that we can build is one of the most powerful energies on the planet. And I am so excited for whoever is about to walk into this program. I can't wait. So if it's something that you are interested in, check out the link in the show notes to book a 30-minute free consultation call with me to see if you would be the right fit for the program. I cannot wait to talk to you. And let's get back into the episode. Okay. And and we're going to get into, you know, noticing those intuitive thoughts and then acting on them. And that is how we're going to strengthen our intuition. So stick around because I'm going to expound upon that soon in step number five. But yeah, meditating number two, getting clear on like, okay, like I'm starting to see, I'm starting, it's going to help us to notice patterns and notice like, oh shit, like 
I do this a lot, don't I? I start to think about this specific thing, this specific relationship and tell myself a bunch of stories that aren't true. And then I start to act on them within my relationship. And that could be causing some problems. You know, it's meditation can heal so much. And so let's circle back around to what I started off with um, on this point of meditation about how it can be hard for some of us to get into meditation. I just want to give you a few like sub tips within here about how to get into meditation. Um, in a way that is not complicated, in a way that is gentle, in a way that isn't overwhelming because we are not going to go from zero to 100, okay? I, I don't meditate for 45 minutes. Um, I do 15 minutes a morning, you know? And it took me forever to see 15 minutes as not so bad. Like 15 minutes used to seem like a behemoth amount of time. Is that the right use of that word? I don't know, but I really liked saying it. So I said it and and you heard it and 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 that's 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 where it landed. So anyway, it took me forever to just like feel okay with 15 minutes. So start out literally by finding a 3 minute, maybe even 1 minute, like find what works for you, meditation, guided meditation on YouTube. It helps me it helped me so much in the start to just only be doing guided meditations where the person was literally saying like breathe in, breathe out. Um, notice the way that your hands feel, notice the way that your feet feel in this moment, like whatever the guided meditation may be saying. And you might find some that like you really don't like, and it's a process of sifting, finding what works for you. Make a little playlist on your YouTube account. You can private the playlist, make a playlist of meditations that if you found them, you liked them and they worked for you, add it to a playlist so that, so that you don't forget, so that it's there for you in the morning. Like set yourself up for success. You know, it takes a while to build a habit, but when we set ourselves up for success, build these foundations, it's powerful, man. It really is. So start off with like one minute, three minute, five minute meditations. It can even, three minutes is the length of a song when we think about it, right? Can we sit still, like, can we just sit and listen to a song? One song. Um, and we can even do it with a song instead of a guided meditation. Maybe we choose one song a day, a song that keeps us calm or a song that we find that has uplifting lyrics, a song that makes us feel badass, whatever it is, sitting and just really feeling into the song and listening to it and like listening to every aspect. It's less scary than the thought of sitting with your thoughts. Okay, start off with a song. Then when you're ready to sit with your thoughts a little bit more, get into a guided meditation. You're still not bombarded with thoughts as much because you have somebody's voice to listen to and guide you, but you're still going to notice thoughts come up, especially if that person is guiding you to do so. Um, it's super duper helpful and there are ways for you to do this and this is possible for you. Um, and if it really feels as though it's not or if you, know, you are not neurotypical, there are other ways that you can totally find that can work for you, whether it be a walking meditation or we find we need to be moving our bodies while we meditate or we find that we need, you know, to be like squeezing something there. I, I understand that there are a lot of different we, we all have different brains and different abilities and that is awesome. So finding what works for us is great and sitting down with, you know, a professional who like specializes in whether it might be like ADHD or um your like anxiety, whatever it is, like talk, chatting with them and asking them like, hey, I really want to work on this thing, but like I want to find a way that works for me that's authentic for me. I'm a big advocate for that. And while I'm not a mental health professional and I don't know all of the ways, I know they do exist and that it's possible for you because I have been there before to myself, to, you know, my own personal degree and experience. So yeah, that was number two, meditate. Number three is connecting with your body. 
When I was in an acting class freshman year of college, I promise the story is applicable. I will never forget what my professor said. It was a it was a tech it was a class called voice and text. I think it was voice and text. Um, and it was based, I, I, I majored in acting in college in case, in case you didn't know. Um, and it was based in, uh, an acting technique called Linklater is by a woman named Kristen Linklater. And, um, it was all about freeing the natural voice and like finding ways to connect to our bodies and to our voice and to our energy to like free up the voice, release tension, release, you know, years of, of, um, you know, weight that we've put on our voice. I won't get too deep into it. I just think it's really interesting and so cool. But so I'm in this class, right? And we did a lot of movement and a lot of like getting into our bodies and feeling our energy. And I used to think it was so like stupid and woo woo. I have not always been this way. Like even though I was an actor for forever, like when I went to college for it and I started taking these classes, I was like, what the fuck is going? Why am I literally rolling around on the floor in all black clothes at 8 a.m. and why is it making me cry like I'm so confused (laughs) it really like acting school is a spiritual experience and I think that's you know so cool but anyway tangent um so the teacher said to us one day he was like now drop into your your root drop into your you know perineum drop into your gut whatever and he said and remember and recognize you're not just the floating head (laughs) (laughs) and it made me laugh so hard but then it hit me that I was like wait a minute I'm not like I up until that point and it might sound crazy to some of you or it might sound like a duh to some of you especially if you're somebody who's been connected to your body for a long time or somebody who grew up you know more connected to their bodies but as somebody who always found themselves in their head who always felt anxious who never really felt a connection to their body I was shocked when he said that I was shocked by how much it resonated with me where I was like oh my god he's so right like I'm not just a floating head man I have a whole freaking body and if I have a whole body and and, and, and it's energy it's matter it's energy and, and, and it's telling me things imagine the world that I can unlock if I start to connect more deeply to my body that was a literal turning point in my life I don't have many moments in my life where I'm like this was my turning point for this and this is my turn I know a lot of people have that and it might sound like oh you know she has one of those like like I don't have a ton of those but this was one of those where I was like boom light bulb moment revelation rolling around on the floor at 8 a.m you know in tears feeling awkward in my body as a freshman in college like confused it was amazing and um I will forever be grateful to him for saying that really weird sentence to us so when people say that's my story and now we're gonna get more into this so when people say to trust your gut there's a reason that they say that your gut is something within your body your gut is also known as the second brain which might be something that you've heard so when people talk about you know repairing your gut microbiome and that's a big part I want to tie that into number three here while I'm not going to go deeply into into nutrition like it ties into this point of connecting with your body not just physically seeing how it feels but then also tending to it finding things that make your body feel good learning the foods that don't if you know if you have um like 
uh, issues with your gut and that kind of thing, it's so powerful to like work with somebody who can help you heal those, uh, a health coach, a nutritionist, whoever it may be. But so the reason that we say that our gut is also known as the second brain is something that I Googled and it blew my freaking mind. This comes from a Harvard Medical School study. And the quote is, the enteric nervous system that regulates our gut is often called the body's second brain. Although it can't compose poetry or solve equations, this extensive network uses the same chemicals and cells as the brain to help us digest and to alert the brain when something is amiss. Whoa. To alert the brain when something is amiss. Isn't that what the intuition does? The intuition says, "Mm, something's not right here, or... Ooh, I think I should turn right instead of left. Or, ooh, I really don't think I should get in the car with this person today and I don't know what it is. You know, we've all heard those stories of of like, it was amazing. I don't know what it was that made me like uh, run into the grocery store that day, but I ended up saving somebody's life because I found them alone choking on a chocolate-covered raisin. Where the frick did that come from? I have no idea. But you know what I mean? Like those random little things where people are like, yeah, I don't know what it was. I was just compelled. I firmly believe that no matter how deep or how quote unquote weak your connection is to your intuition in the moments where you need to be connected to it, it is going to it's going to be one of those inexplicable moments. So that's also just to comfort you too, that like if there's something that you really need to know that your intuition really needs to put like put you onto, no matter how much you haven't been listening to it or how disconnected you feel from it, it is going to make itself known if it's very, very dire. So I just want to like also if, I don't know, that's coming through right now. Like if you've ever had a fear of like, oh no, something's going to go completely wrong and something's going to go really bad because I don't have a connection to my intuition. If you have the tendency to like spiral into those like worst case scenario thoughts, I just like also want to say that, that like those stories are so possible for you. Like if you are ever in a situation where it was you that was meant to save this person's life or to save, you know, your own life or to turn right instead of left because you would have gotten into a car accident if you turn left and you realize that afterward, like those kind of things, I firmly believe that they're out of our hands, whether how deeply we are connected to our intuition or not. But anyway, that was a real tangent um, that just felt like it needed to be said. So I hope that resonates with somebody out there. Um, So yeah, that's just freaking incredible that our gut literally is the second brain because it has the same types of chemicals and cells as the brain. So it alerts us when something is amiss, like holy crap. So connecting to our body and really feeling into our body and and finding out like what that feeling is for us is so powerful. So it might be literally your gut. It might be butterflies. It might be, a, for me, often it's a tingle in my chest. When I just know something is right, I get this like beautiful tingle in my chest and it wasn't always that way but something I did notice was I used to get it a lot when I was a kid and then it went away for a really long time and now it's back because I've been you know doing these practices but I also think that's something really powerful to mention is like as kids like when we're not jaded they say oh like children are have more um uh what's the word um like not spiritual I guess spiritual but like not ghost spirit they're more connected to the spirit realm. Like they see, you know, like past people who have passed and connect and and all those things. Like everybody seems to have one of those kind of stories where like, oh, their toddler was like waving to nobody in the corner. And it's like, they get scared. But really it's just because like everything is energy and the less jaded we are, the more we have a connection to 
what is seemingly impossible. Um, so as a kid, it's it's sort of like inner child healing as well. Connecting to our in- intuition goes hand in hand with inner child healing. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Um, and as kids, we're really connected to our bodies. We are when we are hungry as a baby, we cry. When we have to go to the bathroom, we cry. When our tooth is growing in and it really hurts, we're yelping. When, you know, our our mom stops rocking us and we want to keep being rocked because our body likes that sensation, we start crying until she rocks us again. It's those little things. We're so connected to our bodies. And the older we get and the more we move through the world and our adult life and through society, the more that we're told not to trust our bodies, not to trust our intuition. Like no wonder we don't feel connected to ourselves because we're in such a heady society. We're in such a in our heads, go, 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 what is logical sort of mentality it's it's and i it's like a very masculine energy and i and to tie in masculine and feminine energies here um i think allowing in more of this receptive feminine energy feeling into our bodies like really like moving into these practices of like slow and like sensual movement and just what feels good what doesn't feel good like exploring yourself in that way is so powerful and whether you're what however you identify gender wise everybody has you know a balance of yin and yang of masculine and feminine energies and it, and that's what's so powerful about us is we all express them differently. And, and I, I believe that that's tied into, you know, our, our identities and, and we can get into that. I think that'd be a really cool episode to, to do. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a more flowy, like slow movement kind of, kind of vibe. So how to connect to the body? How do we do this? What are the tangible steps? One thing that, you could implement tomorrow if you wanted to like like if you're somebody who's like give it to, like give it to me i want to know how to do this so tomorrow when you wake up in your bed um when you wake up in the morning before checking your phone before if you really have to pee like get up to pee but like <laughs> before doing anything else asking like breathing deeply and just doing a, bo- a full body scan how do my feet feel how do my shins feel how do my knees feel how do my quads feel? How do my glutes feel? How does my abdomen feel? And going through scanning the whole body. Ooh, I'm kind of sore here. That's interesting. That could be because I worked out yesterday, but I'm not going to assign any meaning to it right now. I'm just going to feel how it feels without assigning any meaning. And you're going to notice like the tendency to want to assign meaning. Um, but just kind of moving through scanning and, and just letting it be what it is. And same thing before you go to bed, just sort of scan through your body. And it's going to, it might feel kind of like weird at first and abnormal. And if like, hear me say this sentence and if it sounds really wacky to you, then doing this is exactly something that would benefit you. So what I'm going to say is put your consciousness in your feet right now. Like if you're driving, like focus, but put your consciousness in your feet. Can you feel them? Sit, close your eyes, or even with your eyes open, put your consciousness there. Right now I'm doing it and my feet actually feel like they're tingling a little bit. Like I actually kind of almost feel the vibration of my feet. Now I'm going to put my my awareness, my consciousness into my neck. I can feel that it's kind of tense in the back. I can actually feel that when I'm talking there's some tension in my vocal cords. That's actually really interesting. So I'm taking a deep breath and... Hmm. Right? And notice how I said, hmm, that's actually really interesting. And I didn't say, that must mean that I have a throat chakra blockage. And I... No. 
We'll get, you know, you can get to that whenever. Right now we're just noticing. We're just noticing. And it's going to feel abnormal at first, but the more we do it, I promise, the more dropped into your body you can become. So it's a very simple, simple way. Obviously, there's also yoga. There is um, walking meditations, movement meditations, uh, shaking, like literally just shaking your body, like really just dropping in, grounding. Grounding exercises are so powerful. Put your feet flat on the floor and breathe in, breathe out and visualize. I loved this. It was in a meditation the other day. Visualize like roots growing out of your feet and into the core of the earth and like out of these roots comes these like beautiful crystalline crystals that are just vibrating with the most beautiful light energy and it's just coming up into your body and it's just filling filling you and then you know you you have this beam that also extends you up 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 into the ethers and it's purple and it's beautiful and it's it's crystalline and it's magnetic and you're rooted into the earth with your roots and you're connected up into the ethers with your beam and your body is at the core whoa that's so cool like what I don't even know like where that came from but that's such a good cool visualization so visualization is really powerful too to connect us into our bodies like putting our awareness into certain parts of our body and really just becoming aware of how our body feels on this day could be a journaling practice too if you love to journal like do a body scan and write it down oh my my right toe is kind of sore today um or Hmm, something happened today and I got butterflies and then I realized that I I noticed some somebody was lying and the indication was butterflies in my stomach whoa I never was able to connect the two dots but I just did so write it down there you go it's like a study it's like a study of the self a study of the body studying our intuition and realizing like that the proof is in the pudding of like noticing when it's when it's in there. It's so exciting because we're like, oh, I actually do have an intuition. It's amazing. So that's number three, connect to your body. Number four is all about differentiating between anxious thoughts and intuitive hits. So this is a question that I hear a lot. It's something that I've always been curious about. And something I always ask my friends and myself and my clients when they come to me and they say, I can't tell if this is my anxiety or if it's my intuition. The first thing I ask is what was your very, very first response to the thought? I'm going to use a very specific example of a friend and I don't, I'm not sure if they listen to the podcast or not. I'm going to keep it so vague, but they weren't sure whether to send a text or not. And I said, what was the very first feeling that you had when you thought of sending this text? Did it feel good? Was it like, oh, this is something I really want to do. Like, this is something that that feels right. Like, when that thought came to you, was it from there? Or was it from a place of urgency? Was it from a place of anxiety that felt like, I need to send this text because if I don't send this text, then that's going to mean X, Y, and Z, and they're going to hate me if I don't send this text. Or they're going to think, what was your first response? Where did it stem from? That's a really powerful first step to, is it my anxiety or is it my intuition? Or we can ask, sometimes it can be an intuitive hit to send the text, but then our anxiety attaches to it and says, no, don't do that because X, Y, and Z. It's going to go wrong because X, Y, and Z. So that is why we trace it back to the very first experience of the thought. Was it, yes, this feels good? Or was it an immediate sense of urgency? Was it coming from an immediate sense of lack, an immediate sense of needing to fix a situation? 
and then sit with it. I've always loved the quote that if there's a sense of urgency, then it isn't real. Um, Now, that's a very blanket statement that's very blunt that could be deciphered in so many different ways. It might resonate with you and it might be like, what? I don't love that. But for me, what it means to me is that if there's a sense of force, if there's a sense of the world will end if I do not do this thing, then it's anxiety. Then it's most likely anxiety. Then it is most likely false evidence appearing real. It is not intuition. So if there's like this incredible sense of urgency and it's overwhelming and it's, ah, that's coming from anxiety. At the root of it, could it be an intuitive thing? Yes, we might get an intuitive hit of like, wow, it would be really powerful for me to to share this this thing that's been on my heart. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to record a TikTok about it. That could be the intuitive hit, right? But then the anxiety might attach and the anxiety might say, what are people going to think of you though? And oh, like that's going to upset somebody and, and, and yada, 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 X, Y, and Z. And those spiral overthinky thoughts are the anxious ones coming in. And that's why this is number four and it's not number two or number one. That's why it comes after meditation. That's why this step comes after connecting to the body because it is more of an involved, um, I don't want to say skill, but an involved connection to ourselves that is so attainable, but um, it's more involved in the way of like being able to trace a thought back to the, to its pinpoint, because sometimes it feels impossible to do that. And that's when we go back to the earlier steps and we connect to our bodies and we meditate and we take intuition off the pedestal. Um, So yeah, the difference between anxious thoughts and intuitive hits is that an anxious thought feels urgent An anxious thought creates a terrible tense feeling in the body. Like, you know, like we all know our, where, it, where our anxiety manifests differently for all of us. It might manifest for you as a headache, excuse me, a headache. It might manifest for me as <laughs> the shits. I'm sorry that I said that, but it's true um, and that's fine. So it manifests differently for everybody, but it's most likely not intuition if it's causing you such a visceral, horrible, uncomfortable, like painful reaction. I don't want to say uncomfortable, but like a reaction that is negative, negative. Intuition might give us butterflies, but they're like the nervous, excited butterflies. And it might give us, um, ooh, this is a little scary, but it's exciting. Like it's that intuitive knowing that we just kind of know, know. Um, and I also want to say it is possible for an intuitive thought to also feel no bueno. Like And that's if it's an intuitive hit that you don't want to respond to. So for instance, knowing it's time to end a relationship, but we don't really want to, that is still an intuitive thought that could create a feeling within us that is like, we don't want to know that we know we know. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I know this thing deep down in my bones and I don't want to know it. And so I'm going to pretend not to know it because it makes me feel not good. And I'm going to pretend it's not my intuition, but it like is your intuition though and it deserves to be listened to and um, when whether we choose to act upon it and listen to it or not is up to us and I also you know firmly believe like taking the intuition off the pedestal even if we don't act on it like something's not meant for us it will find a way to leave our lives absolutely so taking all that pressure off that complication and like taking that intuition off the pedestal I want to keep bringing it around back to that because that's very important so number five 
is to act on your intuition to strengthen your intuition. So now that we've done, you know, steps one through four, we're feeling like we have a better grasp on our intuition. We can hear it a little bit more, understand it a little bit deeper. Now it's time to actually act on it. So when we get these intuitive thoughts and these intuitive hits, the more we listen to it, the more it's going to speak to us because the more that the proof is going to be in the pudding, the more open we're going to be to being receptive to our intuition because when we have one, one experience of listening to our intuition and then finding it to actually have been our intuition and it like led us in the you know right direction it led us to the truth because intuition always leads us to truth then um we will be more inclined to listen to it more so it's it's a double world of we're inviting it to speak to us more and we're going to be more inclined to listen to us listen to it excuse me so even if you know it seems crazy to somebody else or to our logical mind once we feel like we just know it's our intuition and we choose to listen to it anyway, even though it's like feels kind of risky or it feels like, oh, this sucks. Like I don't want to end this relationship or I don't really want to even like leave this job or whatever it is, but I just know that I need to. I know that it's time. Like that's intuition. And when you act on it, your intuition is going to speak to you more and the universe is also going to reward you in the sense of like, okay, you closed this door and now you are opening you've you've created space for what's next and what's meant for you and like I said before taking it off the pedestal if you don't listen to it it's gonna find a way to to you know manifest what's meant to happen anyway so no pressure it's okay but it really expedites the process to be connected to our intuition so might be scary to listen to and trust an intuitive thought if we've never really done it before but it's worth it it is so 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 worth it so those are the five. Um, number one, let's scan through them one more time. Number one, take it off the pedestal. Number two, meditate. Number three, connect with your body. Number four, differentiate between anxious thoughts and intuitive hits. And number five, act on your intuition. And I just want to touch one more time on the fact that this takes time, that our intuition really can be quieted by our past experiences. And that's why we do the healing work as well, to really say, all right, no thanks to the BS that other people have taught us about ourselves that was never even true. We can do this through therapy, journaling, EFT, somatic healing, sound healing, talking to the people around us, doing reality checks, having a coach to help us through, and really letting the people we're in relationships with and friendships with know what we need and asking them to help us stay rooted in reality and many other ways. I know how scary it can be, but it is possible to reconnect with your intuition. So don't be afraid to ask for a little bit of support here and there. Don't be afraid to listen to it this time. Because when you know, you know, okay? And that concludes today's episode. If you liked it, be sure to click the follow button, um, the plus button on Apple Podcasts and the follow button on Spotify or, you know, follow us, subscribe wherever else you listen to your podcasts. It really, really helps the podcast. And it notifies you every Tuesday when there's a new episode out so that you don't miss a single one, which, of course, you don't want to do that. Um, so, yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Caitlin A. Burns and the podcast at Uncomplicated Podcast. And I really appreciate you. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your energy and the fact that you're resonating with these words means the world to me. It really does to know you're listening. And I feel like you're here with me. So thank you. I love you so much. And always, always, always remember it is your right to feel good again. <laughs> love you.